Hey, 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 welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I'm your host, Misty Phillip, and I am so glad that you have joined me here today. I am excited to welcome my friend, fellow author, speaker, and podcast host, who is part of the Spark Media Network, Tina Yeager. Tina comes on the show today to talk about her new book that is released just in time for the holidays. It's called Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. It takes you on an interactive journey to discover how God reinvents rusty and flawed folks like us and turns them into treasured masterpieces. Each chapter includes a gift or decor project. I think this would be super fun for you to do with your ladies group. It would be a great family project. It could also be, you know, something that you could do as a ministry outreach tool. So I am super excited to welcome Tina to By His Grace, and I encourage you to check out Upcycled Crafted for a Purpose. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Tina Yeager, welcome to the By His Grace podcast, my friend. I am so excited to have you on here today. Thank you, Misty. It's always a blessing to be in your presence and share a conversation with you. Same, my friend. We just actually had time together in Dallas, and that was so fun. And we were talking about the launch of your new book. And I was like, I have got to have you on the podcast. So your book just launched, I think yesterday was the official launch day, and it's called Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. So I know that we're going to have a lot to talk about, but what was the thing that prompted you to write this book? Because I know you've written other books. What was the impetus that drove you to this message? I was actually walking through the park on a kind of prayerful walk with the Lord one day, and it was shortly after I'd been to the Christian Product Expo. And what I was hearing from retailers and from people in ministry in general is that We had been through this season of forced isolation and people became comfortable with it. So even though we're all broken and hurting and we're going through crises, we're still isolating and we're choosing it because it's become familiar. And Mm. I thought, what can bring us healing and gather us together? And as I was walking with the Lord, he kind of brought to mind these images of upcycling crafts. And I love going to antique malls and finding these upcycled items that have made more beautiful than they were in their original purpose. And that's what God does with us, with our hearts, our souls, our lives. 
He upcycles us and makes us more beautiful and purposeful than we were on our own before the crisis, the time wearing, all of those things happen to make us tattered and battered. And we need to gather back in together so these crafts can help give us a project, a tactile way to gather together around a mission that we're sharing. And it can make it more comfortable for us to connect, which is something we really need. Absolutely. There's so much there to unpack. First of all, I am a kindred spirit. I love going to an antique store, resale shops, like looking for hidden treasures and then upcycling them, like recreating them. It is really a passion and and just a way that I can express my creativity. But in our society that we live in, we really live in such a, at least here in America, we live in such a disposable society. Even, you know, buildings that have been around for, you know, 30, 40 years, they get torn down where there's parts of the country where there's a lot of rich history and and have some, you know, depth of, you know, hundreds of years. But a lot of what happens, I think, is is thrown is thrown away. But you're right. Peter and I were actually just talking about the effects of the pandemic, especially I feel like on the millennial and the younger generation, which I think they're still reeling, but a lot of people in general, because what happened is it became a battle of faith over fear. And a lot of people withdrew and then they got comfortable. But you're right, we're made for community. And so I love that you created this project. It sounds like it would be a wonderful tool for women's ministry to gather and to do some of these projects together. So let's talk a little bit more about specifically what's in the book. So you said crafted for purpose. And is that because we're all made in the image of God and because he has work for us to do? Yes, that's exactly what Ephesians 2.10 says about us. We are God's handiwork. We're his craftsmanship. We are his masterpieces made for messes. We're kind of like masterpieces, actually. So God makes us for a purpose. We were created in Christ Jesus, the rest of the verse says, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we don't have to strive to do those good works God has already prepared them. We just need to submit ourselves to that master upcycler. And he takes all of our messy pieces of our lives and all of the things that are dusty and worn, and he makes us beautiful for his purpose. And we have a purpose to fulfill. And when we come together with him and with others, we can fulfill that purpose beautifully. Yeah, you're right. And we don't have to worry about whether we're going to miss our purpose because I feel like sometimes people are desperately searching for what is my purpose? Well, if you just pay attention to your life, I feel like God leaves breadcrumbs all along the way. And if he's purposed for you to do something, you're not going to miss it, right? Because he that is faithful, he's the one that planted the seeds in you. He's the one who's faithful to complete the work that he started. And he is making all things new and all things are beautiful in his time. I love that. He does make all things new. In fact, better than new, right? Because when he gets his hand on us, even if we're nothing but dust, Look what he's done to the dust. He breathed himself into it and all the universe was created. And it's such a glorious universe that the original plan of creation of all the things that he's made are always good. And he can make us into something we never dreamed or expected. And it's going to be more than we could have ever imagined. 
in his hands. And I love that about God, that he's better than we ever could imagine or expect him to be. Yeah. And I think that there is a misnomer that people think that they've got to have their life all together before they can serve God or before they can do anything. But if you look at the Bible, the Bible is full of really flawed characters. And those are the ones that God chooses, much like the furniture with the chipped paint or the things that people have cast off and maybe even considered junk in the Lord's eyes. Or if we see it with fresh eyes, we can turn something into something more beautiful, just like the way that the Lord does with us. What is your experience with some of these characters in the Bible that may seem like they're, you know, unlikely, an unlikely hero? Well, first of all, the only perfect human being to ever walk the earth was Jesus. So if you had to pick from all the perfect people, there'd only be one. So the rest of us are all flawed. It's just a matter of whether we recognize that we are flawed. And the more we're able to recognize we need him, the better he can infuse himself into all those places that we submit to him and use us. If you look at all the patriarchs, they are truly and clearly flawed. The Lord knew that we would relate to them as people that God used, and it would give us hope that he will use us too. If you look at Abraham, that is a story of the most dysfunctional family ever. Um, unless you look at David, maybe that would be more dysfunctional as many wives and, and all the children and the things that happened between those children and all of the things that went on with David as a murderer and as someone who was an adulterer, all that stuff. And yet he submitted all of that to God and he repented. And so he was still a man after God's own heart. And the one that God used as an ancestor and predecessor of Jesus if you look at Rahab, who was a prostitute, she also was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So all of the people that God used, whether you think you've made a lot of mistakes, whether you think that you have been through too much and too many things have been done to you to kick you aside and throw you down and mess you up, God only uses the flawed. And if you just recognize he's bigger than that, look at what he can maybe do with you compared to what he's already done with these people. You cannot imagine the things that God can do with your life. Amen, sister. I am living proof of that. But if there's someone who's listening and they're really struggling right now to find their purpose or even to feel like, you know, does what they do matter? Does anybody notice? Does anybody care? Just how would you minister to, to someone who's, you know, kind of feeling discouraged and feel like what they do, you know, doesn't matter? Like an upcycler, God sees our potential beyond where we are or where we've been. He sees more than we can see in ourselves. And that's, that's why he's told the story of the widow with the two mites that she just put into the offering. God saw her. Yeah. He told the story of Hagar. God saw her. And in fact, that gave God the name in that moment for us to understand him as the God who sees me. God sees you, but he sees more than just the you that you see. He sees what you can become. And that is how he has renamed people in scripture at the point when they turn their lives over to him. Abram, who, be, who was childless, aging, had no future, no one, no one to leave his inheritance to, became the father of nations in God's eyes before he had a child. God changed his name before that. Peter was... Simon, 
before he called Jesus by who he was, the Messiah. When Peter recognized who Jesus really was, God changed his name to the rock upon whom the church would be built. Not because Peter already was a rock. Peter hadn't even gone through betraying Jesus yet. He certainly was no kind of rock yet. But God saw Peter for who Peter would become. Same with Gideon. Gideon was terrified. He had super huge anxiety issues. He was hiding in a hole in the ground, trying to thresh wheat, which you can't do in a hole in the ground. So it was probably very comical. And he even told the angel, I think you got the wrong guy. Go down the street. And, and you know, Gideon was called a mighty warrior by the Lord. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a mighty warrior yet. So what you are in God's eyes is not who you are now. Mm. It's who you can be when you submit yourself to him. That's so, so good, my friend. Well, let's talk about the fun part now. I'd love to know more about the crafts that you do in this book, because each chapter, you have a project that goes with each one. So talk to me about some of these projects. Well, the first one is a mosaic mirror, and it's because God uses us in our brokenness and alongside other broken people to be a reflection of his image to the world. So we like the early church when they couldn't read, no one could read. They would take broken things and make mosaics and out of those broken pieces, tell the story of the gospel in a visual way. So everyone can look at the little broken pieces and see themselves in the story of the gospel on the walls of the church. And that's how we can see ourselves today. In God's hands, God uses us to tell his story of redemption and hope and grace to the world. Yeah, he's so, he's so, so good. What about some of the decor projects? Well, I have also a chicken tin wall lantern. So it talks about how some things in our lives seem lifeless, like we would throw them away like an old chicken tin. But God can what make is a that chicken into tin? a way that he shines his light. A chicken tin, you know, like a can that you used to hold like chicken, oh, yeah. uh-huh. old, like a... You know, just you would normally throw that away. Yeah. But instead of using it as trash and throwing it away, you can upcycle that and make it into the center of a flower that holds a tea light candle. And I made petals on this out of disposable baking sheets. And so it's this beautiful chicken tin wall lantern that looks like a daisy with a tea light in the middle. And it's really cute. You can maybe if you're on video looking at it, you can see it kind of behind me in the background. There is, I don't know, can you see that daisy behind <laughs> me, kind of? Anyway, so it's really cute. It's great. And, and the good thing about some of these projects is that you can give them to someone who needs that, that visual gift of hope in their lives. So you can pay it forward and deepen that blessing yourself. Yeah, I think this would also be a great project for moms and daughters to do to go through the book together. Because as a, a lot of young people are struggling with who they are in their identity, and just all of the negative messages that they get on social media, I feel like, you know, being able to go through this book and to work on some of this, these crafts just before the holidays, uh, Tina, I think this is is almost like it's perfect timing. Yeah, I'm hoping so. There's even a free downloadable upcycled inspirational flipbook template that you can get at upcycledbook.com and you could take old greeting cards and make them into an inspirational weekly flipbook for teachers or friends or Sunday school teachers or pastors. And then they would have that weekly inspiration that they could flip and use all year long. And it's free. 
Oh, you, know, you can basically make it from things you already have and you could do it with your kids. Oh, that's super fun. Okay. So give us the link for that one more time. Upcycledbook.com. Okay, excellent. Well, one of the things that you mentioned a little bit ago was a masterpiece. I love that because, you know, God does make all things new, but the word says that we are his masterpiece. And when I was teaching the Struggle is Real Bible study to a group of women, I talked about that verse in particular, and I talked about when we go to an art gallery and the masterpieces that we see there and how they are so meticulously cared for, you know, people use white gloves, you're not allowed to, you know, have photography or they just have all these rules around the care for the masterpiece. And, and I often see that Women in particular are so busy taking care of everybody else that they don't consider themselves a masterpiece. And so as you were working with this idea of, uh, you know, a masterpiece, what are some of the things that you do to care for yourself in a way that, you know, makes you more feeling loved and feeling, you know, just called by God? Well, I first have to recognize when the enemy is attacking me with the old lies, the old labels, I like to call them, where he will call me names and discourage me and make it sound like my own voice. And if you don't recognize that in your own life, take a listen to some of the negative self-talk you might have. So I have to kind of catch that early and submit that back to God and kind of let him push away the enemy on my behalf and adopt again that identity that God has given for me. I have a chapter in the book called Labels in into a, a handbag. It's called Trash to Treasure. And you take your old labels of all the things that people have called you, that the enemy has called you, all the discouragement you've had, and you give that to God and you let him transform you into a bearer of his treasure. So first thing in the morning, what I do is I try to commit a good chunk of the morning to prayer and devotion and reading scripture and really praying through the scripture back to the Lord and centering myself in him. If I don't do that, that is really the most important thing I can do all day. I have nothing to give out to anyone else. So if I don't make that a priority, that's worse than skipping eating. It's worse than skipping sleeping. It's worse than skipping exercise. There is nothing else I can do in my day for self-care that is more important than centering myself on the spirit of God. Yeah, you're so wise, my friend. Same. I am the exact same way. I need to be have that extended time in the morning with the Lord. I also know I need to stay hydrated. I need to exercise. Like those are things that I need. But yeah, it all comes from seek ye first to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of the other things will be added. But you you touched on something else that I think is really, really important, which is taking our thoughts captive because we, the enemy is so tricky and he knows he knows us so well and he knows where there's a chink in our armor and a lot of times if we are not paying attention we can not recognize that it's his voice because it sounds it sounds it tickles our ears or or sounds like you know it's just in our head but i think that 
you know, the most important thing is to take the word of God. And that's why you have to be girded and grounded in that word first thing in the morning so you can recognize those lies and those whispers from the enemy so that you can take those thoughts captive before your mind runs away with those negative thoughts. Because I I think we all struggle with that. And it's taken me a long time to say, is this lovely? Is this true? Is this of good report? Like those are the things that we're to think on. And so a lot of times, you know, a thought will enter. And if I don't deal with it right away, it can definitely wreak some havoc in my life. Yes. And he's not creative. So he tends to use the same things that he knows are going to work. Like if you happen to be an encourager, he will attack you in your area of ministry message and purpose. So recognize that too. He's using the same old lies, but he's also going to use attacks that attack you in your area of purpose. So if you're an encourager, he's going to hit you with discouragement, for example. If you are someone who is a healer, he may hit you in the area of health. So wherever it is that God is using you, the enemy is going to try to attack you there. So learning to put God in as a protective layer between you and the elements that have warned you before is one of the tips for upcycling your soul well with the Lord is making sure that he helps protect you from getting damaged in those same places again. Oh, that's so wise, my friend, because I know that I have struggled with a lot of the same things over and over. And I am an encourager, so I often will feel discouraged. And my wise friend Kelly always tells me, Misty, remember, the enemy attacks potential. So, but that makes a lot of sense what you just said, too, that he's going to attack me in the area where God is using me. And so I love that thought of putting that barrier there and really being prayerful about that and being able to recognize. So we don't have to be like the Israelites and keep marching around, you know, wandering around in the desert for 40 years. So as we conclude this interview, share a few more things that readers can expect to gain from Upcycled. I want people to experience hope that there's nothing too broken or too damaged or too cast off about your life that the upcycler can't use you to create a masterpiece, a vessel through which his glory can pour into the lives of others around you. So please know that it's not about you, how good you are, how good you're not. It's about what God is pouring through you. And no matter what you've been through or what has happened to you, your master craftsman, your creator, the one who breathed dust into becoming a universe around us, he is bigger than all of that. So have that hope. And then also know that this is an opportunity for you to connect with family and with others. And it's an opportunity for you to share this hope as a project. You don't have to keep all of the items. You can keep some of them or make two of them, but there are suggested places you can donate them. And this really deepens the blessing when you pay it forward and donate a jeans purse, say, to a domestic violence shelter or to someone who's feeling alone and disconnected in their college dorm by donating it to a college ministry or any of the other places that are suggested on the donations lists. There are ways that you can help other people have hope when you've received it yourself. 
Oh, I love that. And that is just such a great way to to take the focus off of ourselves. Because a lot of times, you know, when we focus on our problem or what's going on with us, instead, if we can shine the light on and, and do for somebody else, it's amazing the way God heals us as we do for others. And so I love that you've created that list. And so many people in this world today are lost, are hurting, are broken. And Jesus came to set the captives free, and he loves us more than we can ever imagine. And so I love the idea that people can do these crafts and keep some for themselves and give some away to bless others. And just in time for the holiday season, when we could all use a little extra kindness and a little love. So Tina, thank you so much for being on the By His Grace podcast today. I'm super excited about this project for you and can not wait to see all the ways that God uses this to bless people, to walk in their calling and their purpose, and to know how greatly they are loved. Thank you, Misty. I so appreciate you and your ministry to women and pray that you will be doubly blessed. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there.